my name is Ben, and I'm joined by my best friend and co-host, Will, for another episode of Dr. Skeleton's Art School, and sub of that, another episode of the guys posting their elves online, Dudes. possibly on a podcast. Dudes posting their elves online, on a po- yeah, which is, yes. you don't have to listen to it online, probably, but... Uh, this would be also sub of that series, Hobbit series, <laughs> episode two. So it's sort of yeah, like episode. A lot of disclosure are we at two hundred and one? I believe is that the episode number two hundred and one. Two hundred two. I think this is two hundred two. Okay. So this is episode two hundred two. Dot movie series two. Dot uh, two series dot two, two. Dot two. <laughs> Lots of twos. Yeah. Wow, that worked out pretty well. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) much better yeah yeah that was about the numbering and my introduction as usual worked out pretty well uh (laughs) today we watched can we talk briefly about your extremely chaotic mic technique by the way like you you start the show hot hot mic very hot mic (laughs) extremely hot (laughs) and then as i'm editing it i i I, you you drift farther and farther away from it. It's, it's oh softer yeah, and softer throughout. So Sorry. hang in there, folks. He'll quiet down eventually. Yeah, I'm trying to get close today. Though. Is it really hot right now? I can't see it because I put the Wikipedia page over the the bars, the moving bars thing. Yeah, I mean it's, it's it's fine. Okay, I thought that was good to have more distance between zero and the peaks because then you could um, expand or contract it. I imagine some headroom. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's it's. The, I think the the problem comes when it varies throughout the the hour. Yeah. We okay. Record. Yeah. Well, I'll keep it close. I'll keep it right nice. here at half an inch the entire time, probably. Excellent. Hopefully, I'll say hopefully. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's two o two dot two dot two dot two. Yeah. It, yeah. Two hundred second episode, second movie series, uh, second sub movie series, and second movie in that sub series. Yeah. Which is the Hobbit: The Desolation of Smaug? And I told you ahead of time, I'm gonna—I'll be calling him not sm- that during this episode. I'll be calling him Smag because I thought that's Smag. A, <laughs> I thought that was a funny thing to myself. Probably it's not really funny. It's not really a—it's not even a, a reference to anything or anything nope. like that. It's just—I just think it's funny to say it as if uh, he, uh, as if I am from Michigan. I guess. <laughs> Not even he. It's not even. I'm not even pretending to be one of the characters from Michigan. I'm mm-hmm. just me, the viewer. Imagine that it's everything in real life, except I'm from Michigan. I guess we do have a uh, a sketch prepared as if if Bilbo Baggins was actually from Ann Arbor. So <laughs> yeah, that's about go. it. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much Smag. Def- Desolation of Smag. <laughs> yep. Uh, Detroiters. If Smag was in Detroiters, that's a mm. well-known Michigan-based television show, I would say. Uh, anyway, let's get into it. The de- if you haven't heard of it before, The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smag, is similar to the last movie. It is a, an epic high fantasy adventure film <laughs> directed by Peter Jackson. Unlike the last film, though, this was released in 2013, and I believe the other one was in 2012. That's right, Ben. So it's approximately one year less old than we are 
out of high school old um anyway let's get into it should we jump into if the that plot? helps anybody yeah yeah okay let's jump into the plot well, after some initial after some initial reactions that would be yes this is how i lead my uh my teams at work when i'm uh, yeah. larping as the manager <laughs> let's do Any suggestions up? for how we should run this meeting? Yeah. <laughs> well, after we talk about the other thing that we were going to talk about first. Yeah. Okay. I didn't forget um, about that. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I, so the last movie I didn't really like, although as it went on, I got into it more. And this movie um, kind of picked up where that left off. And I was like, kind of, I was surprised by how much I was enjoying it. Um. Hmm. Until they got to like the last, the last half of the movie really fell apart for me. Um, hmm. Wasn't it too? I am getting more used to the uh, idea that this is not like an adaptation of The Hobbit, hmm. um, and it's more so just like a bunch of the other like surrounding material or other material that was written, and then just sort of like a kind of like a lore background pre prequel series to The Lord of the Rings makes a lot more sense. To mm. think of it like that, and then, um, but the I don't know the 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 dragon stuff fell apart for me, um, and just like I don't know Thorin's weird motivations and vibes, like nothing was really clicking for me in the last half once mm. they actually got to the mountain. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's kind of my initial take on it what did you think well that's funny because i gotta say you know i think last episode i said i was really looking forward at the end of that one even though it was like midnight when i finished it i was like dang i kind of want to watch this next one right now and then this one has easily been the worst film for me in the entire series which i don't know that maybe isn't necessarily not true for for you but uh it's the one that i've i've, I've definitely been bored watching this one yeah. And there were parts of it where I was like, no, I don't like this. This is bad. Not not a yeah. fan. Like it kind of gave me some, uh, it reminded me of like the last Harry Potter movie I saw at points, especially when there's G Gandalf's doing his stuff at the end. And it, it's yeah, got like this like kind of does this sweeping thing with the camera. And it gave me a little bit of a, a YA vibe. There's a little mm -hmm. bit of a YA Sweet. It's definitely like trying to do Harry Potter in a number of number mm. number of scenes in this, and Harry Potter does it way better. I I I I I, I gotta say, like, I mean, I mean, you just like effects wise, visually, Harry Potter looks significantly better in those sort of like magic showdown scenes, mm. like between Gandalf and Sauron and stuff. Yeah, um, but yeah. it was like the color. I think I think this is what you call it, like the color grading as well. Something about it, like it was really I, I don't desaturated know. during those parts for some reason. Y yeah, but it was like it, it did. Like I guess the Lord of the Rings, it's a very I don't know if this is right. It, like it's it's earth tones everywhere, mm, kind middle of earth tones, right? gray and I mean it's got the gold and stuff like that, but grays and browns and stuff like that, earthy things. But then, like, they were doing this Gandalf thing when he's, like, whatever with the orcs. And they do, like, it's, like, I guess you'd say, yeah, desaturated. But then they, like, make it, I don't know if this is contradicting that. But then they, like, make it blue, like, 
and that I don't know. It was there's just like a couple. There's like that one scene gotcha, in there that yeah. I was just like this. This reminds me of the Harry Potter stuff, and I, well known for not liking that, uh, did not yeah. enjoy that. And yeah, I don't like. Kind of the dwarves started acting weird, especially the king guy. I was like, <laughs> these dwarves started acting up, dude. Yeah, get out uh, of here. Thorin guy, he's like, like he's talking big. He's, he's talking just being too shitty and not even not compelling. You're not not on his side, not. But he's just being, he's being a dang whinger. Yeah. He's also, they got like a nonce. They they got this is maybe actually kind of endearing, but I I was getting a little bothered, uh, especially when they meet the the bear man. The bear dude, uh, yeah, they do some weird sizing, resizing of the 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 people. Which, yeah, it kind of a little bit endearing callback to uh the uh, the first Lord of the Rings when I had an issue with this. But like they're making the the hobbits look like babies, like looking like babies sitting in high chairs when they're standing next to the the bear guy. But then like I mean, the bear guy is supposed to be like. He, way bigger than regular guys he is but then like it, it i think they did the shots around it kind of weird when the people are separate i i don't know maybe maybe they did it right yeah in a technical sense but they they didn't to me they didn't do it right in the uh, like perception sense because i got the perception of like yeah. i understand how big the bear guy is next to stuff i understand how big the hobbits are or the the dwarves and stuff are next to stuff and then they have just like a couple shots when they're talking together and it's like dang you just made the the dwarves babies looking like uh, actual babies at a high chair to me but anyway the yeah and yeah i don't know i don't know if this is part of it but like and i meant to bring this up last episode but i guess it's good that i have new things to talk about on the production side of stuff but like um they're doing the like the 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 main difference between the uh hob or the sorry the lord of the rings like fellowship of the ring stuff and uh like the these hobbit movies is that is basically like they're doing everything digitally like everybody's just acting separately on different sound stages mm-hmm. and they're just compositing things together later and um they're doing their scale that way and um i think uh, that probably plays into it like so like you're right it might be like technically accurate or whatever but you lose the kind of in world perspective that you'd be able to like design in camera and capture and then it, it it works against the performances as well um where uh i mean i don't know i don't th- i think it ha- it would probably have to do with some sort of like you're setting compositions and uh everything to capture things in camera that like you're being very deliberate about why you're putting everything mm-hmm. where you are um, to make the illusion work in camera versus if you're able to do it all digitally, it doesn't, I'm sure you have to do a lot of thinking and um, Matt, like you, you, you can't just do the same camera move over and over. You have to you know, scale it right. You're doing a lot of math and thinking and being clever with everything that way, but you do lose, I think a little bit of like the very, very deliberate, um, composition and art direction that you would get if you're doing it practically on set. Mm. And um, on the performances note, like, yeah, you just kind of lose the interactivity yeah. that um, they had in the other movies. Like Ian McKellen apparently was like super, I don't know, upset slash disheartened at the uh, 
Like he just had to like act by himself on this green screen for this whole these whole, all these movies basically. And he, you know, was caught on hot mics being like, "Fuck this! This is so stupid." <laughs> like mm. I'm not. This is not why I became an actor, kind of thing. And like, yeah, yeah, it sounds rough if you are you're tr- you're trying to be theatrical and whatnot if you're coming from his background yeah yeah well let's do the the plot yeah uh the other technical note sorry i'm do this that, that could, because the big the i mean i for, i can't believe i didn't mention this about the, the last episode but the big deal that everyone probably remembers about these hobbit movies i even remember is, this yeah is the 48 frames per second stuff oh okay i remembered the wrong oh. number but okay I oh, thought it was 160 frames per second. Oh, wow. No, that would be a lot of frames. <laughs> um, okay. But, yeah, I, I, I don't think I ended up seeing any of the high frame rate projections of these movies. Um, because I don't think I... I think I only... I saw... I, only, I had only seen one previously, and I went to, like, the regular 24 frames projection. But it was supposed to be, I think... The idea that it's it's it was as a 3D movie. This was kind of in the mm. kind of the tail end of 3D experiences. I don't know. I think maybe they still do them. I don't know. Um, but like, I mean, Avatar was like huge, and that was like 2008. And then they did 3D for a while, and then the this was supposed to be like a great a great big one. And they, I think the idea was that they projected it at twice the normal rate of 24. Um, at 48 and so that would mean there's more information per eye you would get the, the full movie for you're not splitting it up between eyes or something mm-hmm. and um i think that i don't know i would i would like to l- watch it in 48 frames per second um i am not a four i don't know i'm a 24 i'm a 24 uh uh what do you call it standard bear i like the 24 mm-hmm. keep it at 24 well, is that how they got a a 24 that company oh, i'm not sure what that's about mm. keep it at 24 keep it at or keep it at 24 baby that's right yeah i'll um, be doing a 20 a1 whatever i said before a160 a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be too many frames i would say do you have a do you have any frame rate thoughts and opinion well, references i did think about it when i was watching this movie and i was like dang I don't know how this works on a computer. Am I watching this in 60 frames, 160 frames per second right now? Because I was still just thinking it's 160 frames per second yeah. that whole time. So I was like, I don't think so. And I, I don't even you... know how I would watch that if I, I think I probably need a special TV or a special monitor. But I was like, I, yeah, I don't, don't know. Yeah, I, I think that, I don't know. What, I don't know what the, like the refresh rate on most monitors are, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's up to 160 yet. I think you need to get like a super mm-hmm. special gaming monitor or something to get that high. Can you but watch? I think you, 48? you could watch 60, six up to 60 or oh. yeah, 48 on. Wait, um, but so did you watch that this time or not? No, I definitely was watching the 24 frames version. Ooh. Um, it doesn't. It's not marked, but I don't know. You can. How do you definitely know? tell? Oh, you can tell. Well, okay. Yeah, I mean, I I just look at different frame rate types of like I'm all day, all every day. Like that's my job, so I can tell the difference between that stuff. But I think that the general layperson, um, Chris, famously says that he can tell the difference between 24 and 25 frames per second. And mm. um, I would like to do a test on that. Maybe that's possible. Uh, but 
uh you, but between 24 and 48 is a is a pretty big jump and i um would be pretty confident that you would be like whoa this feels like really smooth like you noticed like that stuff about that um one movie uh, feeling like a tv show it would just kind of feel like a tv show to you i think mm. and it would it would you would notice the motion is weird um so i doubt that wait 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 a tv why why would it feel like what's a tv show at um well a tv show like if you ever catch like a movie on tv uh um and i don't know if this is the case anymore with like everything being digital now but like because of the way that broadcast works um they they like re they have to like reinterpret the frames and stuff to sort of project it at an equivalent of like i think it's like i think it's like 60 hertz basically so 60 frames per second um would be like the how your eye would be interpreting the movement of content that's on tv uh-huh. um and it just it, it just it artificially like interpolates the frames and it um it's really good for like sports so it's really you know smooth everything like that and makes it feel like very lifelike or whatever but for movies where there's a very established language of motion in movies like it feels very off if you're watching Mm. something that's cinematic um then with 24 frames projection in mind it's gonna feel really really weird Hmm. um and so that the same like motion smoothing is like the setting that is famous for being bad for movies. So if your TV has motion smoothing, it, it, turn it off. Mm, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. Well, now we should probably do the plot. Yes, let's do it. We can do okay. that. <laughs> Thorin. Thorin. <laughs> and his company are being pursued by Azog and his orc party following the events of Hyperlinked, the previous film. They are ushered along by Gandalf to the nearby home of Beorn, a skin changer who can take the form of a bear. And even when he's a man, he also still looks like a, a bear, sort of. I don't like the design of Beorn as a dude. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I have this illustrated copy of The Hobbit. And I, I, like I said, I'm trying to get away from the idea that this is like an adaptation of The Hobbit. But like the design of Beorn was like he's just a big like lumberjack dude in this in, in in my book as a kid and he had like a huge black beard um mm-hmm. and it, he was just like a a cool looking cool looking guy and um I don't know wasn't a fan of how they they did him in this movie and apparently yeah. he wasn't nearly as burly as you he was just kind of like a he's slender a, man kind of a slender looking dude when he's yeah. not like wouldn't you make him kind of look bearish yeah they, they, Apparently, Ron Perlman was going to play Bayorn back when Guillermo del Toro was slated to direct, which would have been good casting, I think. Who was this guy? They're just a bunch of rando. I think this about the the dwarves all the time, too. There's a bunch of rando actors in this movie. I don't like that so much. It yeah, seems I like mean, I think it's TV hard actors. to get. <laughs> well, I mean, that's kind of the thing about uh, the, uh, the Lord of the Rings. Oh, mm-hmm. Not that they're TV actors. But uh, that they weren't a bunch of knowns. That's fair. Um, That's fair. The, but it's something the, about the them guy I don't who played like. Bayorn is Michael Persbrent, who uh, is a, known for In a Better World, 2010. Haven't heard of it. And then this movie. So I don't think he's necessarily yeah. super well known. 
that night, Azog is summoned to Dolgoldur, which is a word I like hearing in the movie, even though I haven't quite figured out where it is yet. I think it's the castle where Gandalf yeah, goes, right? Yes. Okay. By the necromancer who commands him to marshal his forces for war. This was a weird scene. To, I'm not going to do this after every sentence. I'm just going to point this out. But I noticed it during this scene that like, I feel like the sound was weird in this movie. And I don't know if it... Did you have that? Like, I, I, And I don't know. Maybe it was just the mm-hmm. HBO Max streaming thing. But it felt incomplete for some oh. reason. Like not quite I don't recall or something. That, 100%. Okay. Mm. Azog then delegates the hunt for Thorin to his son, Bolg. That was his son? <laughs> yeah, no idea. <laughs> okay. Son. Uh, uh, na- love naming my kid Bolg. <laughs> <laughs> the following day, Bayorn escorts the company to the borders of Mirkwood, where Gandalf discovers black speech. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> He's doing AAVE old ruin. on yeah. Mer- at Mirkwood. Yeah. Uh, this coincides with a telepathic message from Galadriel urging him to investigate the tombs of the Nazgul. Uh, yeah, I didn't follow any of that. I was just like, bad guys doing bad stuff. A uh, couple uh, wizardy people, they're talking to each other telepathically. Interesting. Let's get on with the movie. I'm not following this part. Uh, he yeah. warns the company to remain on the path and leaves them, which I was like, "Are you? This doesn't ever work out serious, that dude. well. Why you got to leave every time? Why it doesn't ever I make mean, any literally sense?" Literally up until this point, um, and I guess I remember this in the book too. That like, I mean, Gandalf, all he does is save their ass over and over again, and then they yeah. they they come to the most dangerous part of the journey yet, and he's like. All right, you got it. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go, uh, and I clearly have another plan for how to get around this thing. I'm definitely, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but like it's probably not gonna end up doing exactly yeah, when, what they had to do to get through. Right. Yeah. When he when he's not ushering dwarves around, he like can get to where you he can you can kind of just imagine he can show up anywhere at any point. He doesn't mm-hmm. have to you know directly walk on the path again it was it was weird too when he told them to go into this forest because he's like they're like come on man there's got to be another way around and he's like the nearest is 300 miles to the north and he's like and double that dun, 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 to the south it's like <laughs> what is it like then that clicked to me i was like is this another is this a racist thing a racism thing about like shouldn't the double that part be the the emphasis of that statement why do you have to be or 600 oh, miles gotcha. to the to south, the south. Uh, what interesting triple parentheses the south <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh okay uh he warns the company to remain on the path and leaves them upon entering the forest they immediately seem to lose their way and are ensnared by giant spiders bilbo yeah, you then- get the feeling that the whole that the uh Merkwood is so disorienting. And I actually do think that was yeah, like th- th- I don't know. These th- these scenes through here are actually pretty good, I thought. Like mm-hmm. I think they made Merkwood appropriately um disorienting yeah. and confusing. 
there there was there were definitely parts of this movie where I thought I think I watched on the theatrical cut. If there's an extended cut, I feel like I definitely this is where the extension was. Uh, uh like where they would have been lost for longer or something. Lost for longer. It seemed like there should have been more stuff happening. The same thing happens later on when they're in the the water place. There are a couple of times I felt like that too. Uh, but is there an extended cut of this? Yeah, probably. Okay. I believe there is extended cuts of all of these, yeah. Okay. There are. Uh, Bilbo then sets about freeing the dwarves with the help of his recently acquired invisibility ring. He subsequently this was a cool this was cool too. I thought that like mm-hmm. he puts the ring on and then also um, he can understand the spider's speech mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. But it's and, confusing for later on when he talks to the dragon because I thought the same thing was happening then and then he takes off the ring and he can still oh, talk no, to he the does, dragon. The dragon is just speaking English. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, That's okay. a good point. Yeah. yeah. Although I, I think, I mean, it, it, it does provide a good little uh, shading on the um, powers of the ring, which is, which is one of the few, I think, addition, like uh, actually constructive additions that The Hobbit does to the Lord of the Rings movies is like... Um, when you, if you just watch Lord of the Rings movies, you get that it's an invisibility ring and that, and like to the outside observer. And then also that there are these, I don't know, dudes who like come find you if you have it on. Um, mm-hmm. but like, it's kind of not really spelled out like what the whole deal is with the ring or like the more of the effects of the ring. Yeah. And then the Hobbit sort of, um, sort of makes it sort of clear that, um, when he puts the ring on, it's not just sort of like, a a, a filter that they put on the footage to sh- imply that he's invisible. That is just what it looks like to Bilbo. And so you can't, so, um, you know, you you might find yourself being like, why would Bilbo not constantly wear this ring? Like you would just, it would be so yeah. much easier if you just was wearing the ring, but it does kind of make things blurry <laughs> at the yeah. very least. And also, but, but another power is that, yeah, you can talk to spiders, like understand spiders. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Take it so very literally, that. and you know, Writing I will. I will be taking no, uh, no liberties with my understanding of the ring. Only confirmed for <laughs> blurry sight, invisibility, and talking to spiders. Yes. Yeah. Um. Okay. The wait. Okay, I've got a question. Can I just since we're talking about language, yes. got a little segue. Uh, thing. Uh, not a segue. I got a little. Whatever. Uh I thought J the man J R R Tolkien. I thought his whole thing with uh these books and the Lord of the Rings was he wanted to come up with some other languages. But he he wrote the book in English, didn't he? <laughs> I believe he did write it in English. So yeah. where are the other languages? Just when they're saying spells and stuff like that? Um, yes. Seems like you don't need a whole language for that. You could just be J uh j k rowling and just be like yeah you just say balakazam and Mm -hmm. you're good to go yeah you could you could but he was kind of a i mean yeah you didn't you don't need to make all these languages but he did because he's a nerd like dang so what did he really just he's just like i've done it i've created a new language like esperanto type stuff like i've created a brand new language and they're like cool what are you gonna do with it well i'm gonna write it and i'm gonna write like four massive books mm-hmm. in English and every time they need to curse at each other they'll use the curse words for my new language 
Well, I mean, he 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 wrote all these like appendices and stuff. Like, there's a lot of, I don't know. It, obviously, I don't think he. It's it's probably incorrect to say that it's like as fully fleshed like his languages that he made were as fully fleshed out as like actually like living languages or something. But like he, I think his point his his thing was like making these systems at least like these linguistic systems where um, like elvish things will all have like these similar elvish traits or something that is more that's deeper than just like a um the way that you kind of do sci-fi like corny sci-fi is like we just we come from planet exander and it's all x's and z's and stuff yeah but it's um it, but like everybody gets like those sorts of traits and you and like like what with the dwarf lineage type stuff you can have you can sort of tell different families apart based on these traits of the <laughs> way that their link their names are if it starts with the thr yeah <laughs> okay um, i don't know i I'm, followed I, up until the last part i don't know about that last part <laughs> that seems a little more like the xander but like stuff. all dwarf thing all dwarf stuff sounds like dwarf stuff all elf That's stuff fair. sounds like elf yeah. stuff all orc stuff sounds like orc stuff yeah and then he came up with all that stuff another that's another naming thing though he comes with all these other languages and then he's like oh yeah black Old. speech black oh. speech <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I don't know if you needed to. Yeah. Hey, I did notice there's some non non white people in this film. Good, there good are. on you, Peter Jackson, or whoever else. Uh, I don't think this was Tolkien's doing, but uh, anyway, good, good call. Uh, okay. Uh, so Bilbo subsequently drops the ring and first begins to understand its dark influence after he brutally kills a creature to retrieve it uh the remaining spiders are fended off by the wood elves led by tariel and legolas uh tariel legolas is here yeah yeah, legolas looking really blue-eyed for some reason i don't know why they had to make his eyes so blue as very off-putting about him i found it and then they got uh old kate from lost uh in on this one took me a while to Uh. make the connection but I've not seen Lost, but it's Evangeline Lilly, and apparently, fan favorite Doctor Skeleton fan favorite Eva Green auditioned for the role oh. of Tariel and Lost huh. Evangeline Lilly. Um, release the Eva cut, I say. Interesting. Um, let's talk about Legolas. Yeah, this dude, he's back. He's not in the books. Um, mm-hmm. I'm letting go of that. I'm just pointing it out. Um, a couple things about Legolas. He actually has a personality in these movies. Yep. Apparently. Um, which is interesting. Which is and the personality is racist. Yeah. Just an asshole. Starts essentially. Off that way. Yeah. Yeah. And um which I, I mean gives him an arc at least. Like it, it it again, I guess, helps like to the extent that he even has any sort of personality in like the Lord of the Rings, um, in contrast to these movies, you're like, oh, that's a character arc when it's really just he was a really flat character in The Lord of the Rings. But um, bong bong, looking funny back there. Nice. Just walking around. Um, but yeah, so Orlando Bloom came back for this role, of course. But he's, uh, I don't know, he was like 20 or like 19 or 20 when he was Legolas in The Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. And now he's like, you know, 30 or something. Um, and I think what they were doing, which isn't old. I'm telling myself, but the, uh, but he's no, I'm, but you know, we're getting there. 
Uh, this is still pretty good ways off, but yeah. Okay. Feeling 30. Uh, but like, I guess you do look different when the, between those two times. And I, th- I think they were doing some de-aging to him. I was trying to look into like what was going on, but they definitely did like do, do the eye color changes. Yeah. Um, and, but I, I think also they tried to like smooth out his face and stuff and it looked super weird like throughout this whole movie he, he is a completely it it looks it looks very strange mm. um and he's also like a little bit uh he's more more, more, more built built out well, yeah oh, come on <laughs> well okay yeah. i mean that's one way Just to say that it too bit. but yeah yeah he's bigger in the face yeah yeah so well, yeah i wonder if they were yeah they were trying to like slim his face down and it just didn't like work as well or something mm. Um, I, I was I was just too distracted by the eyes. That was too just off putting for me. It just yeah. I don't understand I, why they couldn't have. Why didn't they do the same thing as in the other movies? Did he like? Beca- I wonder if he like became allergic to contacts or like he was allergic at first and he just never told anybody or something. And now he's mm. bigger star and he could demand not to have his eyes ruined by the stuff they put in it. And mm. I would say what they they made the wrong call on what they did to his eyes. Mm. Even less distracting yeah. if it was just a different color. Don't even remember him having blue eyes in the original one, so you could just do brown eyes or something. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, they're fended off by Legolas and Lost Lady. Uh, they also capture the dwarves and bring uh Th- Thorin before their king Thranduil. Of no relation. You might be confused because they both start with THR for some reason. Uh, but this would be Thranduriel. Played by Lee Pace. Who's who that? Legolas. I don't know. Girls love Lee Pace. Um, so, I don't know. This is dudes posting their elves online where we don't know about Lee Pace. I don't know who um, that is. Um, he was in The Fall. Uh, oh, what's is, that? I don't know. It was a movie. I liked it. it but, good. I mean, what, is it an old movie? How no. old is how old is that guy? I couldn't really get a, a read on him. He's two years younger than it, uh, than Orlando Bloom, and he plays his dad. Oh, so he's like 30-something too then in this yeah. film. Okay, interesting. Probably. Okay. Thorin confronts the elven king about his neglect of the dwarves of Erebor following Smag's attack 170 years earlier and is consequently imprisoned with the other dwarves. Bilbo, having avoided capture, arranges an escape using empty wine barrels that are sent downstream. While being pursued by the wood elves, they are ambushed by Bolg and his orc party, and Killy is wounded with a Morgul shaft. Yeah, they're doing this this uh, river scene, and I remember, so I thought I had maybe seen this movie. I think I only saw the trailers, but from the trailers, they got this GoPro footage. The, yeah <laughs> yes very obvious gopro footage which yeah i think played a lot different in 2013 than it does now because and because you know there at that point it reads as something i don't know for effect but it just looks like garbage now <laughs> yeah now it just looks like you just randomly decided to cut to a a youtube video in the middle of your motion yeah. picture <laughs> <laughs> it looks really bad yeah um this whole this whole scene i don't know i don't none of the the action really felt good in this movie the orcs kind of suck this bulg dude sucks um i mean i guess like legolas comes back 
and is like dancing around on the the river and stuff and like it's cool to see legolas being badass i suppose but um the vi- the visual effects look really bad in this movie in some places mm. um and maybe i'm stupid i mean definitely but like and i don't know about visual effects that well but like it's the contact shadows again like it, none of it looks like it's in the place they're just like walking around and they're just kind of like floating <laughs> Yeah, bro. I kind of like this scene, but I, yeah, I mean, you're right. I think I'm, I'm just kind of used to it, but yeah, they, they've got like Orlando Bloom. He jumps on the people's heads at one point. Yeah, and is shooting stuff, and and yeah, it does just kind of like just like kind of floating across the <laughs> scene. Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, I, I, whatever. I don't, I don't mean. You have you have constraints, you have technical limitations, even on like movies this enormous. And so I want to be like purposeful, intentional with my critiques, especially as somebody who doesn't know how to do any of it. So like whatever. But yeah. the difference between the Lord of the Rings and this movie, I think, um so the visual effects, like the CG stuff in the Lord of the Rings movie m- movies are uh, are objectively l- less convincing and worse looking than the ones in these movies. Like you just put side by side, Gollum looks better in the Hobbit than he d- did in Lord of the Rings. Um, it, I don't know if the compositing, even though I just made fun of it in the Hobbit is going to look better 10 years down the road or with 10 years of advancements. Mm-hmm. Um, and any, and like the falling rocks in Moria look worse than the falling rocks in the goblin cave in the hobbit movies so mm-hmm. side by side the hobbit movies cg is 10 years better than um lord of the rings for sure but the part that i think makes the but the effect overall it's where they use the visual effects i think where which which causes some of the tension and jumps yep. out it's not real because in the lord of the rings um they're using the visual effects, like let's say, like we're getting those that like that aerial shot of um, Helm's Deep, for example, and we see that like oh, it's this massive castle, and there's like all these like little dudes on the um, ramparts and stuff, and walking around to, to give the sense of scale. And oh, it doesn't really look the best. Like oh, the the shadows aren't right on those those little guys there. Mm. But um, the uh, the the reason that they're using this visual effect in this case is for that scale. Um, but in the sort of like fighting parts and doing other and other things, they're doing things in camera with like stunt people and um, I don't know costumes and whatnot. Versus in the in in the Hobbit, like they can get that like those sense of scale right now. Like you can make Rivendell look way more realistic as an environment, but when you have like these all digital characters interacting with. Um, uh, like the, all these digital orcs on this digital set and everything like that. Like it's it, the action when it's supposed to be really like high stakes, like they could fall into the river and die and or get hit by an arrow or something at any point. It Because they're using visual effects at that point, it doesn't work as well, um, I think. Where like if you relied on the practical stuff like they did in Lord of the Rings at that point, it would, yeah. it would feel better. Um, I, so I just think it's about like when and where they chose to go for the like all digital stuff that uh, yeah. is going to cause things to not hold up as well, where it doesn't matter really 
that um it like we get we we understand like fictionally that Helm's Deep is supposed to be really really big and if that overshot that big establishing establishing shot doesn't look as great anymore like it up close and personal in battle it doesn't really matter versus the inverse um the stakes feel weird um in the the new movies hmm. so i think that's my on the fly take on that hmm. Hmm. okay <clears throat> uh well yeah keely's wounded well, keely uh i can't i don't i lost my thing keely is wounded with a morgul shaft they engage in a running three-way battle down the river but ultimately the dwarves are able to escape both groups of pursuers Thandruil then seals off his kingdom when an orc captive reveals an evil entity has returned and is amassing an army in the south. But Tariel decides to leave and assist the dwarves. Legolas goes after her. Lipe's doing a lot of acting in, in these scenes. Yeah, it's hard to <laughs> tell if he's a bad guy or a good guy for me so far. Yeah, which I think is part the point. It. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, like he's not, he's kind of supposed to be like a dickish elf king yeah not as what they they, they introduce like the wood elves they're not as wise as the river elves Mm -hmm. um like elrond is 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 friend but friend is maybe not um Mm -hmm. casting note doug jones was going to be uh thranduil uh in the guillermo del toro uh version which i think would have been who is doug jones he is um the the monster pale eyes ha- eyes on hands pan's labyrinth guy um you, you know what i'm talking about i think Have i know what you're pan's talking labyrinth? about but i've never seen that movie no oh okay yeah he's a he's a he's a he's shape of water fish he, d- he does a lot of good not uh, seen that one okay he's but he, he he's famous for like doing a lot of costume work i don't know he like plays lo- big tall skinny creatures basically never been in a james bond movie i'm guessing probably not okay um so i'm gonna have a hard time but yeah okay yeah he does look but but, i mean he's also like a a a, doesn't always have to wear a mask and he's uh he would be he would he's he he would be a good look for sort of um a morally ambiguous elvish king that would have been cool interesting okay uh meanwhile gandalf and radagast go to investigate the tombs of the Nazgul, which they find to be empty. No idea what's going I on I did there not pick either. up that, that this was the like Nazgul tombs and stuff for some reason. That was oh, not notice. Yeah, that makes sense now. Uh, I was just like, well, I go into some scary place and right. some, I don't know, who cares? Whatever, I'll figure this out at the end of the movie maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the company is smuggled into Esgaroth by a bargeman called Bard. Here we uh, go. Let's let's talk about Bard. Bard. This is looking Luke like Evans. a yeah, looking like a oh, I don't know who that is, but dude seems to be a B-list version of uh of Orlando Bloom. It seemed like they wanted to have Orlando Bloom play this character, but they'd already used Orlando Bloom as another <laughs> character. Yeah. Uh Zoe thought the same thing that um yeah, he just kind of looks exactly like Orlando Bloom. Um I like him. I li- I like this Bard character a lot, and uh, I liked Luke Adv- Luke Evans very very much in this role. And uh, he's in like the Fast and Furious movies, I believe. And he's kind of like an action kind of guy. But uh, I might 
this might be some sacrilege going on, but the I instantly my first thoughts about this guy were that I think he might have been a better Aragorn than Viggo Mortensen. Um, I think he ha- because he kind of has a similar arc in in uh, for for his stuff where he's kind of this um, he's just this he's just this lowly bargeman type guy or whatever. He's kind of this like on the outs um, guy uh and kind of like kind of a dick doesn't really want to help he's just he's but he'll help them for money you know i'll smuggle you in but uh but he's kind of uh he's he's got to get his payment and stuff and is is definitely doesn't really want to help but then um you find out the the classic the classic move oh he is from a noble noble lineage he's actually whatever and then he starts to sort of like take hold of his destiny, whatever. But I buy it a lot more from Luke Evans' performance for some reason than Viggo Mortensen, just because you didn't really get that first part from 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 old Vig, where he's kind of being an unlikable potential adversary type guy. Mm. Um, and I know something about Luke Luke Evans' face. I think works a little bit better as kind of like a oh he's got a mean streak mm. rather than just. Nice but cool. Mm. I don't like this guy. Yeah. You know what I call this town? This is me doing Donald Trump rally about Lord Let's of the go. Rings. You know what I call this town? I call this town uh, TV movie town because that's where all the characters come from. TV movies. I don't like these characters. I don't like these actors in this town. Everybody in this town, not good, folks. Not I good for me. Kind of vibed with Lake Town. I gotta say, I don't. I don't care about the 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 Stephen Fry master and his. S- servant thing like mm. that was stupid but yeah Stephen fry is that the, the car racing guy no it's not uh what who's the it's like top gun top top car top gear top gear <laughs> oh no the jeremy clarkson yeah is that who that guy was no no he says Stephen fry Stephen fry those are no. two different guys who's Stephen fry are, oh he's an actor he's okay. uh he's uh wooster right like there's Jeeves Ooh, and Worcester, like the Hugh Laurie, Stephen Fry show. I don't know, old British comedian type guy. You know, it's a. I don't know. He's. I thought he's, that's he's the like, same guy who's the Top Gear guy. No, they're different guys. They're, I thought they're he was old British guys. Yeah, they're I thought he was John Cleese at first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you have you seen the? Are you are you familiar with what is it like Pat and Bass or whatever? Like the, I found out about this morning with these these like uh. There's the there this UK uh, drill um, rap duo, mm-hmm. um, but they're like seventy year old geezer men, um, oh. <laughs> no. old white men. Um, I saw I saw some video on YouTube or on Twitter this morning where they, it's so funny. It looks like they they, they make their, their their videos look like Guy Ritchie. Um, scenes and stuff it's so funny but it just reminds but they're they all look like that they're the guys who were who were holding the pints outside for uh prince philip <laughs> outside oh. the pub. <laughs> i don't know uh-huh. that's what everybody looks like over there <laughs> and they're also in this movie yeah but mm. they're indis- indistinguishable and they also might be secretly like pretty good at rapping, apparently. <laughs> huh, interesting. Okay. No, I didn't. Know. But I did like Lake Town. I kind of liked Lake Lake. Town. I liked the design, um, and I could have spent 
You know what I wanted? I kind of wanted to play a video game as Bard. <laughs> I thought that Lake Town. The op- exact opposite thing. I thought this looks like the middle of a video game that I would hate to play. <laughs> that I'd just be like, dang, this game sucked. Like it was good for the beginning, but then it sucked. <laughs> I did not. I did not like the people there. I was. Yeah, they're not not good like, people. At the end, when they're like, oh, we might get attacked. I'm like, good. Don't care. Your town Whoa, sucks. Prob- problematic, Ben. <laughs> I don't care. They Yikes. not not a fan of them. Not a fan of their king dude. Oh, red state get hit by a hurricane. Whatever. <laughs> Who cares? That's Ben over here. I no, it's not that. It's not their. It's not their <laughs> politics. It's not their politics. It's, uh, it's their faces. <laughs> I don't like them. I don't like how Ooh, they another act. Another problematic. Place yeah. Okay. Town is the most diverse city that we've seen in. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Lake Town is Oops. the only place that where we see um, any cut to the crowd. people of color. Yeah, yeah. Okay. those are not the people you're talking about. You're talking about the people about the, the the sniveling servant with yeah, I don't like the uh, servant and stuff. Yeah, they got their army dudes looking weird. They got big metal yeah, hats on. Yeah, not a fan. Don't like the bard guy at all or his kids. Don't I really dislike his kid. the bard and his kids? Every time they cut to his inside of his house or the the shown, I'm like, this is just TV movie stuff. I don't want to see this. This is daytime, yeah. lifetime movie, kids, whatever. Yeah, the kids are apparently the daughters, uh, or at least the two girls are the daughters of James Nesbitt, who is one of the dwarves. Um, and it does kind of seem like a uh a bit of a I don't know. The kids were acting really hard, which I don't know. You know, I don't yeah, know father. Are we going to What die? are we going to do? <laughs> I okay. won't leave you. Like, no response, and then <laughs> leaves. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, we're not going to do this right now. Not going to. Uh, no, I liked Bard. Bard's cool. Okay. Uh, we find out he's good at arching. Thor, Thorn, and Thorin promises the master and the people of Lake Town a share of the mountain's treasure. I don't remember that, but okay. In that big speech. Oh, I thought he just meant like metaphorically share in our treasure. Oh. <laughs> it's me I'll coming back. I thought guys. it was clear to you guys that that was speaking metaphorically. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I also really like that scene where, um, you know, you get you get arrested, like breaking into the armory and stuff. And then you <laughs> like get like you taken in front of. And then you do a big speech and you go, all right, officer, I have a proposition for you. I'm gonna uh, you you let me free, and I'm gonna go kill that dragon and give you all like a million bucks. Yeah, and they're like, let's let's hear this guy out. <laughs> yeah. And then they do like it. It doesn't. I'll, I'll give them credit for this. It doesn't follow the usual uh, tropes. They don't follow the, the the normal tropes in Lake Town. I'll give the people that. Uh, you know, I expected the bard to kind of bail him out, or there's going to be a little more to the speech, or the yeah. the, the king master dude is going to be like, ah, "I like that idea." Put them in the nice uh, jail cell, but he's just like, "Hmm, hell yeah, yeah, weird- yeah go for it, boys." Uh, yeah, cool. <laughs> it's it, and it's it's weird because it it doesn't make much sense. Where like the yeah the the what we you'd think would happen in like a regular the regular course of events would be that yeah. They get in here. They start like they're sort of they're apparently rousing some sort of rabble, and they're causing some sort of commotion. And so the master wants to like lock them up. Yeah. Which, can we just call him the mayor? Like it feels a little. <laughs> I don't know. 
Yeah. That's kind of what's going on, right? Or I don't know. He's like a bit the big landlord guy. I guess master is maybe the move. But um let's yeah, let's 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 lock him up and then Bard, yeah, lets him out because he's like, All right, let's let's go get that dragon once and for all. But it is a role reversal and the only reason that Stephen Fry, who's Trump, by the way, am I right? He's this mm. he has the all these these Trump vibes. Um <laughs> but yeah. uh I don't know. Yeah. Um <laughs> The but yeah the only reason that Stephen Fry like it's like yeah you want why don't you go after that treasure is because Bard doesn't want them to Bard and and so so Bard's like no you guys don't 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 attack that and the and Stephen Fry's like ooh you should attack that just so d- because he wants <laughs> the people to like him more than Bard yeah um and that's only there to give Bard a bit of an arc yeah because so then he can I don't know. What for instance, just spitballing save the day next movie or something? Yeah, yeah, not much you can do as the master slash mayor of a town other than just uh kind of spite your denizens. A guy who's there, yeah, but like tweeting out like, um, what what is it like? What what did the governor of California do? Like, um, gun reform now, pass it on or yeah. something. <laughs> You're the the governor. <laughs> but not even, but not even that. I mean, he's talking about it at the beginning. He's like, uh, yeah, everybody's. They're all speaking of revolt. They're going to take me over. And then in the moment, it's just like, yeah, dang, this this bard guy. People seem to like the bard guy. Let's just, uh, you know, how about you don't do what the bard says? And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, hell yeah, we love you, dude. <laughs> Mayor for life. Yeah. Uh, and easily okay. run this town. Uh, you know, okay. Rob Ford is who they should have had as the mayor of Lake. Town. Yes, I would like Lake sir. Town better if it was Rob Ford. Uh, okay. Killy is forced to remain behind, tended by Philly Oin and Bofer. Who, who cares? Don't know those guys' names. I know one is probably the brother because they rhyme, and the other guys just seem like they're probably other dead. Guys. Dead weight. Don't yeah. could could not name them. Also, so I don't remember a, when this happens, but at some point they say this, Gandalf says the seven dwarves or somebody says the seven dwarves. I'm like, dang, for real? Do you remember this? Oh, because it's the yeah, seven re- remaining dwarves. Yeah, but they don't say the remaining. They say the seven dwarves. Like, upper, I was like, no, that, I mean, that existed. I mean, that's J.R.R. Tolkien. I know this one. That existed when this book was written, I think. Well, that is that none of this happens in the book, so this is all fabricated for the movie. Well, then it was definitely existed when the movie yeah. was written, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. So we get the we get <laughs> dang. This. It's a real looking at the orgs, orcs. Dang, it's a real monsters, <laughs> monsters ink in here. <laughs> <laughs> nice, very good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we start getting this like on inexplicable arc from Thorin starting like as they set off for the mountain where he's where like Killy's like, all right, I'm 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 coming with, and Thorin's like, fuck you, you 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 used to like I will I will I will put a bullet in your head right now, and yeah, um, he's like, holy shit, goddamn, and then like his brother is like, dude, you're acting weird. He's like, I'll fucking take you out too. You stay back, to, and then like. He, for some reason, he, Thorin gets like really weird from here to the end of the movie. Um, 
And I guess it's supposed to be like he's starting to like lust after this Arkenstone thing. Like it's kind of his mm. his his thing, but like it's it comes out of nowhere and is odd. I think. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the, we the, the the company splits up where they yeah the st- they keep the injured dwarf back and then the rest of the dwarfs can go just so we can have a kind of uh, parallel story going Mm -hmm. i think for the rest of the movie uh yeah the other people get a grand farewell meanwhile gandalf travels south Ooh, he travels south uh to the ruins of dol guldur while radagast leaves to warn galadriel of their discovery of the tombs of nazgul uh, Gamp. Still haven't found any interest in this storyline yet, personally. Yeah. I'll just see what happens there. It's people walking around. Gandalf finds the ruins infested with orcs, a real monsters, Inc., and <laughs> is ambushed by Azog. The necromancer overpowers and defeats Gandalf and reveals himself as Sauron, something like me and you weren't following the movie you just assumed to be the case the entire time it's like oh it's a big black yeah. thing it's probably it's probably the guy from the other movies that everybody's heard yeah seen. i mean i think i mean i think that is kind of how you're supposed to read i think it is dramatic irony in that way right but i also thought that in fiction they did know that he was sauron mm. as well but like because they are literally talking about like but we defeated him like a thousand years ago and stuff. Mm. Is he back? Is he back? Well, anyway, let's go check out this necromancer guy. And like, what the fuck? You're Sauron? Yeah. Yeah. And they, they do yeah, the, this the eye. They look at his eye and yes. he does the, yeah, what do you call that? Uh, I mean, it's a little recursive situation. Yeah. Looking like it's Zoom straight out of the, the, yeah. uh, the White Stripes Seven Nation Army music <laughs> video because it's very triangular. Yeah. I don't know. It... So you're apparently you make the connection that like, oh, Sauron the shape he's the pupil of the eye of Sauron, and then apparently that is supposed to be the case, like in the books or something. Like the pupil of that eye in the Lord of the Rings movies is supposed to look more. It is supposed to be like the shape of of a man, like it is the sky, it is Sauron, oh, in there the whole time, um, and so they're kind of correcting that here so what is sauron he's a little tiny guy he's like a little uh wizard of oz type character where he's like just a tiny man behind the no the veil (laughs) oh no he's like a i don't know if he's like a like a guy at all of any size i think he's i mean he's got this evil being spirit type thing but i think you could say he's normal size oh so i think of sizes and yeah dudes of, of, of different sizes so I watched the first half of The Willow over the over the over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what that is, it, but yeah. yeah, I had not heard of it before. But it was, but but Zoe liked it. But it's a it's a Ron Howard directed George Lucas EP'd movie from the late nineteen eighties, um, and it's a fantasy movie, and it's like a, it's like a Disney like a an older Disney movie, um, and I guess the the like the uh, now this is our like our a movie movie series subplot fourth subhead here, but uh, I don't know. It's like just a fantasy movie, and um, but the point is, you get all these different races, I suppose, of of of, of folks interacting, 
Um, again, there is, I mean, they're still all white, but they're, but they're so <laughs> racist. Uh, but you get like, there's, I, I can't remember the names of them, but you get a bunch of little people and then like regular sized people. And I don't know, they have like these dogs that are, that have different masks or something. I don't know. But the point is there's this, there's this whole like land of Hobbit type people, but in the movie they cast a ton of little people um and uh they just have like actually little people play these short characters in this um and it made me think like warwick warwick davis is like the protagonist of this movie and val kilmer is like the normal sized sidekick or something um but it made me think is the lord of the rings and the hobbit are they are they is this a mis- I think are they, are they doing they're doing short face kind of yeah. by having um uh verdi typical uh folks play short people yeah and i wonder if that's i mean i mean it's got to be offensive right people get a i mean probably rightly so there's so probably. many other things I mean, I mean, bla- I mean, there's blackface, but people do it too when like uh, Jared Leto plays a trans person or whatever. Or exactly. Like, uh, oh shoot, I had another good one in mind, but yeah, probably some other. I guess uh, white people play Japanese people. Yeah, we're not yeah, necessarily and, and, Japanese people, but anime characters that are yeah, I think, supposed to be Japanese. Yeah, and it's not, and you can't, you don't have the excuse of, or there just aren't enough short actors. There's not enough. Uh, like little people who are actors and that's demonstrably not the case with uh ron howard got a bunch of them to to be in his movie yeah um you could scrounge he had a whole city uh, like they he had tons there were tons of them um uh like doing this like festival type thing and like you could you could you could you could find 13 of them to be dwarves mm. you could find you could you could fill a shire like i think I don't know. I bet the, I bet I bet there is uh something to be said for like I don't know if you need to be casting I think you should be probably probably be casting people with the qualities you're looking for. Although I I don't know like it's yeah, I don't know. Some some something to think about, I guess. Like it, 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 unless it's supposed to be like yeah, they're super short and they're super ugly and stupid and that's why we cast you guys or something. Yeah. Like if 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 you get into that kind of territory, but that's not why I'm not. I'm. I'm not saying that about those people. You know, but if the like, that's why they would put like prosthetics on people's faces and whatnot. Yeah, but I've asked you about that before. How they hire ugly people, or how they hire people for ugly roles in films, and you told me that they just uh, they'll just put out a casting call for regular looking people. Yes. Normal looking people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And Which then, really hurt because that's those are the ones I had been going to, and I did not know that ahead of time. <laughs> I just kept well, yeah, getting the roles. I mean, over I mean, they're, 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 yeah, they're the different. I don't know what it's like now. I, I, I would hope to think that there's a little bit more of a. I mean, I don't think you would say ugly necessarily, but I, I don't, I don't. But yeah. I think, I think, uh, you, you, you would say distinctive, um, distinctive. stuff, which I, th- I think, which I think is literally what was going on with the the Lord of the Rings TV show where they were putting out extra like casting calls for extras for people with distinctive features direct quote um Ooh. which doesn't necessarily mean uh, I don't know ugly per se 
Um, but yeah, I don't know to play. But if you're then you're like to play orcs, you're like okay. Uh, I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah. By the way, Stephen Colbert is an extra in uh, the Lake Town, which so. Oh, you're, I thought you were gonna say Lord of the Rings, the TV show. But okay. Oh no! Interesting. He's, yeah. Oh um, wait, wait, wait! In the Lake Town, in this thing, in this movie, in this thing, not yeah, the movie you're talking about. The will. Wait, what extra was he? He was one of the see. spies, um, on uh, spies look look watching Bard, and uh, his, his he he was the guy with the double eye patch. And he's 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 oh. he, that's a funny one where he he like looks at him and then he like puts down the other eye patch and he's he's got the. The, the the two going on there like that's a fun that's funny Ooh, i gotta go back and watch He's being that. silly nice very good uh okay uh thorin and his remaining company reach the lonely mountain where bilbo discovers the hidden entrance okay. yes oh sorry yeah B- but this is a long part of the movie that i thought was really stupid and that was completely artificial to build up tension but they're like climbing up this mountain and they're like, where's this door? Where will it be? And then Bilbo's like, oh, look up there. And they're like, oh my God, Bilbo, you have such amazing eyes. How did you find it? And it's this massive statue of a dwarf. <laughs> like it's this yeah. enormous dwarf. I'm um, just carved into the side of the mountain, like Mount Ru- Rushmore l- l- like level scale. Yeah. And they're like, holy cow, Bilbo, you have, so- you have such amazing eyes. And then they get up there and... um then you're sort of suspecting like, oh, this is going to be kind of like, first of all, you're thinking, how did they miss that? This is not a hidden entrance whatsoever. But then you're like, oh, okay, this is going to be a little bait and switch where this isn't actually the door. And then like, yeah, okay, they're trying to uh, open it with this key that they have. Um, and there's no, they can't find a door up there. They just have this like doorway, I guess, basically. And then um, they're like, but the, the, the riddle says the last light of Durin's day. And it's not here. Oh, shoot. We must have missed it. And then, like, instantly turn around and go home. And, yeah. like, <laughs> like, right away, they're like, oh, fuck, we missed it. This is game over. Like, without even a second's pause, they all turn around and leave, except for Bilbo, who's like, I'm going to, like, maybe think about this for, like, two more minutes. And then um, just so happens that, like, it turns into, it turns into night right away. And then, like the moon shines, the clouds mm-hmm. move, and the moon shines on the wall, and like the door appears. And he's like, "I figured it out. The door appeared. It's actually the last light. The last light is the moon." And then, um, the and then Bilbo's like, "Oh wait, where'd the dwarves go?" And then they like just appear out of nowhere again. So like, there's this, all this artificial drama of like, "Oh no, they can't find the door." It's not really the door. It's game over. Oh, then they left. And then where are they? Where are they? Just to like, I guess, make it longer or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that was very dumb. But yes, then he has to, they, they discover the hidden entrance, I suppose, is, yeah. a, is, is the way that they should have just written that. I guess, <laughs> yeah. So they just cut, cut out all that dumb Maybe extra crap. Give, in this you gotta summer. give Bilbo another, you gotta give Bilbo another like quick win before movie ends yeah. though keep showing his work that's true i guess yeah uh but this is weird too this is where i thought there was maybe a maybe a cut in the extended thing because then they like open the door and then they i think they cut to some other stuff and then they kind of cut back to this unless i just fell asleep during this part or something but uh 
it's just kind of like, well, we're in the door. Just take a left or take a right here, and uh, that'll be the dragon. That'll be the Arkenstone. Just uh, go in here. We've opened it up for you. It was a, it was a bit of a Mount Doom situation at the end of the Lord <laughs> of the Rings for me, where I was like, oh, okay, yeah, finally you're inside the the mountain. Now you got a, probably a little bit of a Indiana Jones type adventure through some caverns or something, but nope, it's just like. Yeah, it's just a door opens up and the dragon's yeah. pretty much just right here. Apparently, you just walk down these stairs. Yeah, and you find a because you do find out the room. that it is a it is like a massive city in there. But yeah. apparently, um, the dragon is like the, the first door on your left when you go in. Yeah. Um. Um. Yeah. And the walk, city walk just past the bathroom and then it's begins. It just you just walk through yeah. the door and the city begins or something. Yeah. And maybe you can help me clear this up too, but. Um, so Bill, it's, it's not like you, you had two movies so far to like, sort of like outline the plan and sort of get a clear picture of what the move is, but like, it's still not super clear what the MacGuffin really is or like, what's what, what, like, okay, we kind of get now where like Bilbo is kind of told inside the mountain, like the old, the old dwarf is like, all right, there's this Arkenstone, you gotta get it. And Bilbo's like, okay, that's what I'm here for. Like, am I like, okay, I'm supposed to get this now um where i guess you would want to have that sort of outlined earlier and like okay you're gonna go get the gonna go get this arkenstone but then it's also a little bit like cl- clearly thorin also intends to go fight the dragon even regardless of you know like the mm-hmm. the the missteps that, or the, i don't know the, the the little twists and turns that uh, that are coming up it se- kind of seems like he's, he's gonna go fight this dragon no matter what and uh which raises the question to me and maybe this is explained that like the other entrances got like like rock fell on it or something but like if you were gonna fight the dragon no matter what why do you need this secret door like i get the i get if the Mm. idea is you just want to sneak in and grab the arkenstone and not fight the dragon you're gonna want a secret entrance but if you're gonna fight the dragon, no matter what, aren't you? Shouldn't couldn't shouldn't you just like storm the front entrance or something? Yeah. Anyway? Also, shouldn't you just bring the other people then? Shouldn't you just bring an army with you? Yeah. I mean, the army is is, is like these are the only people who answered the call. Kind of. Well, thing. I well, I guess. You mean like the other four dudes back in? Like, no, town? not the army. I just mean why wouldn't you just be like from the get go? Like, okay, this isn't gonna happen unless we get everybody. Right. We need a dwarf yeah. army. It's not, it's, it's not like, yeah, Thorin, Thorin's plan sucks and is unclear. Yeah. His hair, his, his general look of his face is much, uh, whatever. He's, he's really cosplaying, I guess. He looks like the kind of guy who should know what he's doing, but he's, he's not. And I get bothered every time they zoom out and you realize how short he is again. It's <laughs> in the moment you're just like, yeah, I guess he's, he does, he's a big he one have here. short face. He's a big one here. And then they zoom out and you see his big old big old feet and you realize that they're a bunch of tiny dudes like no pissed off, clenching his fist every time <laughs> you're so short <laughs> uh yeah okay so why uh he sent in he is sent in to reveal the arkenstone and while doing so he accidentally awakens smag uh while conversing with bilbo smag realizes his knowledge of both the dwarves' plot to retake the gold and return to Sauron. So I gotta yeah. say, 
big old Sherlock man. He was not. You were right. He wasn't actually the worst character. I've you know I was disappointed when Shelley told me that Smag is going to be Sherlock Holmes guy. I was yeah. like, dang, I hate that guy. Every movie I've ever seen with him sucks, especially him. Every he's the worst part of everything. Mm-hmm. And then they they I mean they think they changed his voice, and it probably also helped that he was acting along with uh, Martin Freeman. Uh, yeah, who or is short, but it's not Martin Short. Yeah, well, no, I was gonna say <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say Martin Sheen. Uh, oh, gotcha. <laughs> it would be a completely different person, I guess. Too. Uh, I feel like they should have cast Martin Short as Martin, it, as as Bill Book. As, you know. Yeah, and uh, Martin Freeman is doing a much better job of being the super annoying British person, twitching all around. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Um, <clears throat> yes. Um, yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch plays Smag, and um, there's some really. So you're right. He is. He actually does a pretty fine job as the voice of Smag. Um, you're saying they, Smag now too. Nice. Yes, on purpose. Yeah. Okay. Uh, or wait, it's, it is Smag. It's definitely Smag. Uh, the yeah. So he's he's Benedict Cumberbatch is playing the dragon, and they do change his voice and stuff. Um, and isn't and he and he's yeah he's doing 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 a fine job. But this is gonna reignite your angers with him because i was reading through like the like notes about like the production of stuff and apparently benedict cumberbatch made a big goddamn deal about being smag and he said that he like studied he went to the zoo and studied iguanas and komodo dragons in preparation for his role to um to play the voice of smag and i'm like like they don't talk like i don't know what you're learning about them <laughs> for your performance you 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 aren't just talking for this and he's just um, talking with a big old filter over top of him yeah himself and, too. and <laughs> apparently he 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 was like and he and he's like yeah i um i i tore my vocal cords doing this voice at the end of my recording sessions my mouth was like filled with blood because of how like how 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 i was talking to to get this sound and it's so funny that that's the case because yeah they're clearly did they're altering his voice quite a quite a bit you didn't need to do that yeah. <laughs> like you know you don't have to become a lizard for this you <laughs> dumbass like the hell are you doing nice. um and jared leto uh, joker move <laughs> yeah so this was like w- th- at benedict cumberbatch is like h- the height of his powers right yeah. like where he was he was like this phenomenon at the time and so i think that they i think what they probably were doing with this is that like they had to sell this as like an extremely prestigious role for him where like you are going to be, it's so important. You're going to be smag, dude. You're going to be so, it's going to be, this is going to be a legendary role. And so they had, and it, I don't know. It's sort of like the era where I, you hear this, this stories about like the method actors and everything were like, um, Benedict only responded to being called smag, smag. on set. <laughs> kind of thing yeah where and they also this is the funniest part to me but um you were getting you're getting all these like 
uh, hype up behind the scenes features of these movies where they're explaining like the motion capture that they did mm-hmm. for on Benedict Cumberbatch. He's like wearing like the motion tracking dots and he's like acting out being smag. Oh, he doing did that lines. too. Okay. And he did do that. Um, I mean, they put the dots on his face <laughs> and they record, <laughs> yeah. But um, I th- you you read between the lines and you read some of these like technicians and stuff and you know a little bit about how this goes. Uh, you can't map a human's motions onto a lizard. It, there is a there is a significant enough bone structure difference <laughs> that yeah. it does not work, and so um, they everything was keyframe animated like they didn't use the motion capture information um and i don't know if that was like intentional from the get-go or like they only realized like halfway through that like oh shit turns out like even though benedict cumberbatch like looks like a freak he like isn't a doesn't look like a lizard so we can't really use this data so it's just very funny that they were like you're gonna be so cool. You're gonna be so, oh man, yeah. We're gonna look like act. You're gonna like act this out and everything. And then they just like they put a filter on his voice and and like animated it all by hand anyway. Nice, <laughs> nice. But um, it reminds me of whatever that story is about like Dustin Hoffman and Lawrence Olivier, where like Dustin Hoffman's like trying to like be cool to. Uh, Lawrence Olivier and is like, yeah, I have like stayed up for a week preparing for this role and whatever. Um, and Lawrence Olivier looks at him and is like, have you tried acting, my dear boy? <laughs> like, just, I don't know. Like, they say, they'll say action and then you'll just like say the words. Like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> That's so embarrassing for you. Nice. Nice well, job, Smag. Yeah. Yeah, it was very. What were you studying at the zoo? What were you doing? <laughs> Walking around on his <laughs> hands and uh, yeah, and knees. it's so annoying to call that studying. Like, were you living with the lizards, or were you just did you just go to the zoo? Like, <laughs> you're trying to watch a YouTube video. <laughs> yeah, I watched yeah. That, that. I watched that video of the Komodo dragon in the bodega to prepare for my role as Smag, um, and I'm ready to go. Nice. I was on Brisk God's profile <laughs> to to prepare how to be a little monkey riding on like a, a larger monkey. Nice. Uh, yeah, Smag reveals his knowledge of both the dwarves' plot to retake the gold and the return of Sauron, which is, I don't know how you figured that out. Dude, you were sleeping. I think you just made that up on the spot. He was provably asleep. And also Back. starts, and I'll just say this briefly, he starts his, his whole, he's, 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 he starts laying the groundwork for the second he wakes up and he starts talking to Bilbo, he's like, starts talking himself up. He's like, my, my teeth are swords. My claws are thunder my wings are lightning i'm the baddest ass in the world he says um, i am legion as well that's on his what sauron little... says oh he does right yeah uh maybe sauron says or that no that's thing. what like azog what's like that the orc or somebody says One of, like, okay yeah legion. maybe you're right we are yeah yeah we are legion put on the little yeah. uh guy oh, fox mask yes posted <laughs> on 4chan <laughs> <laughs> we do not forget we do not forget uh, uh okay a little smag 
back back in Lake Town, back in back in B Lister Town, uh, Bard attempts to bring the Black Arrow to the town's launcher. <laughs> I love to just take the, the Black Arrow to the launcher. <laughs> the town's <laughs> launcher. Let me see what what kind of launcher Sun Prairie has. Yeah, uh, and he fears what may happen when the dwarves enter the mountain. However. He is arrested by the master and his conniving servant, Alfred, with an eye for some reason, in the process, and leaves his son to hide the arrow. Uh, that's when his son says, Oh, father, don't leave me. And then he just, one look, leaves. No. Yeah. Uh, Bolg and his orc party then infiltrate the town and attack the four doors, but are quickly dispatched following the arrival of Tariel and Legolas. Tariel then tends to Killy. Well, because we we didn't we didn't mention this, but there's a dumb love line. love triangle going on um, between Tariel, Legolas, and Keely. Keely. Um, yeah. Let's take just the, all love to have a love triangle between like minor characters. Yeah. I mean, I do I do think that the the the, the that it works better between Tariel and Keely. I think that like Legolas's involvement is just is pretty forced and um isn't necessary. But, but Tariel doesn't or Killy doesn't have much of a. The only reason he's a relevant character is that he got shot and is part of the love triangle. He doesn't have any personality outside well, of. Well, he's one of the dwarves who doesn't wear makeup or something. He doesn't have that's a, fair, a, a yeah. mask on. He's, not the, he's, he's a hot dwarf. One of the two non-ugly dwarves, but he's got a brother yeah. too that looks better than him probably that's true yeah yeah that's a hotter dwarf he's the, he's the, he's the <laughs> yeah i'm the uglier dwarf brother is kind of his <laughs> yeah claim to fame um yeah but they're dispatched uh toriel particularly yeah, when killy is recovering he openly admires tariel's beauty and wonders if she loves him uh legolas leaves in pursuit of bolg I don't know why that, that that one sentence is so funny to me. It's just like a would be a is a good summation of some of the dumbness that's going on of, in this second Hobbit movie is Legolas leaves in pursuit of Bolg. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Gandalf watches helplessly as Azog and an orc army march from Dol Guldur towards the Lonely Mountain. Also. Yeah. That's still don't know what's going on there. Who cares about that, I guess. Back inside the mountain during a long chase, Bilbo and the dwarves rekindle the mountain's forge using smog's flames, excuse me, smag's flames to create and melt a large golden statue hoping to bury smag alive in the molten gold, which then immediately fails. Yes. Well... (laughs) Sort of. There's this, yeah. So they, Smag is dumber than dog shit because these like equally dumb dwarves are like, are like, how is he not able to kill these guys? Um, They like sneak in. He's trying when he's trying. He's not trying the other 98% of the time. Right. Talking. He's just talking, and he keeps talking himself up too. He's like, 
which I mean, this like this is this is my problem with the Witch King of Angmar. Which so I guess uh, this is probably a thing that Peter Jackson fails at is that like when you have a really badass enemy, apparently the move is what you got to do is just talk them up constantly and have them explain how badass they are and how invincible they are and how they'll never be hurt and that's the extent of how you kind of show that they're badass because um these dwarves are just able to sort of like sneak around and then they they get to this one place and they're like shit we can't get out of here we have to go back to the entrance or something we have to like fight the dragon and then like all right let's split up and like they, the, the, like the, like the Smag sees a couple of dwarves running and he goes after them. And then the other dwarves are like, hey, up here. And Smag's like, what the heck? And he like follows them up there. And then like, wait, there's these other dwarves. What the heck? And he just keeps getting distracted. And uh, yeah, they, they like get to the, 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 the furnace. They fire up the forge and stuff. And then like super unclear what the plan is about this statue and like uh, well you don't even know it's a statue until exactly five seconds before it's not a statue yeah right yeah thorin is like just standing on this like big rock and i don't know it's it was shot confusingly too like that standoff too um and uh apparently the actors did not know what they were doing until they saw the movie like they didn't know what the whole point of that whole like that that shoot was like that scene um until they saw the movie like he like pulls the chain and then like some rocks fall down and then there's this like big golden statue then like apparently it like bursts and like goes on to smag and then smag is like oh i'm gonna show you i'm gonna show you i'm gonna go kill these other guys oh you like <laughs> them i'm gonna go kill them yeah or instead of like killing them again or something it, it it's yeah. so you've been just dis- so not even, yeah, I mean, it's a step down from being distracted by the dwarves running in different directions. And you're like, well, I'm going to be distracted by this thing that's miles off. Probably like 100 miles yeah. off or something. Who knows? But And yeah. it could be an interesting dynamic to have Smag be a, like, shitty dragon, I guess. Yeah. To, to, like, be sort of, if if you, if that was, like, on purpose and sort of leaned in where, like, a dumb dragon kind of like dumb and maybe not as bad as the legends say mm-hmm. necessarily or whatever and like oh there's there could be something interesting to say narratively about like having your big foe be not as bad as well in or it's all bluster and stuff but i don't think that's what the movie is doing i think yeah. that like you because you're when you're talking to him you're supposed to be like holy shit like this monster like knows everything about us and is is this really like intense um foe and is like is this all-powerful thing but then like it gets zero w's on the board ever um and uh especially the the movie is called like smag sucks um basically although I think I realized until the at the end of this that like it doesn't refer to Smag's defeat. Like the desolation of Smag doesn't mean like the death of Smag. It means the destruction that Smag causes. Yeah. Um, but for years I've been reading it as Smog gets killed in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Doesn't have it. 
I which does yeah which yeah i guess was a surprise having read the book i thought they would do more smag stuff but yeah all right well so they they do so but smag emerges from the gold stumbling out of the mountain and big hyperlink here flies off to destroy lake town <laughs> as bilbo watches after him in horror and despair which like again bilbo there's better towns out there you don't really care about lake town i don't bard's there i yeah, guess exactly yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know i i i had a lot of problems with the way that this movie went i think it was yeah, pretty. I think most of the other movies, I mean, even in the, the the first Hobbit movie, which I wasn't a huge fan of, I can still think of some memorable scenes that I liked about it. Like the Gollum scene was actually really good. Um, some other things, I guess, like the the, the stone giants was cool. But this movie, I had, I have nothing super positive to say about it. Wait, so I feel like you came around on it to becoming negative. I thought you started out with it being pretty positive. Well, yeah, the, the first half of the movie moved all right and was like kind of a fun romp. I guess the Mirkwood scene was all right. Yeah, but like the stuff that I found passable and like fun enough to watch was all front loaded in this movie. So it does leave me with a bad taste in my mouth, mm. I guess. Although I, uh, I did like the Ed Sheeran song. I think the Ed Sheeran oh, song is good. Oh, yeah, ending the movie with, is that who that was? Yeah. Yes. Very cool way to end the movie and definitely leave a leave you wanting more <laughs> yeah i thought it was a good song the, the um the credit songs in the lord of the rings movies those are all girls singing the credit songs in the hobbit movies at least so far dude singing wait was there a dude singing at the end of the first hobbit movie i thought it was just orcas- yeah. orchestra yeah, stuff. No, there was it was a dude oh that sucks yeah this one sucked i was like what what the heck is going on here oh Not- you didn't like the song no it j- i was just expecting like i don't know the pirates of the caribbean song or something (laughs) (laughs) i do think that's on you to expect that (laughs) well not that song in particular but the hobbit version of that which would be the hobbit theme song Uh, i figured they would do something like that not like i don't know whatever ed sheeran's saying uh i don't know whatever what were the words of his thing i see fire (laughs) burning the town they're dying <laughs> foreshadowing to the, the smag yeah. next movie yeah someday bilbo will make it back to the shire <laughs> it is it is funny too because this is um yeah like 2013 when ed sheeran also had at the height of his powers probably yeah and um <laughs> like i think it was like a chart a chart topping single um this one and uh 2013 it was still at the height of his powers back then <laughs> that they should not have included in the final cut scene was bill cosby <laughs> doing, <laughs> doing a stand-up set <laughs> the, the louis ck and bill cosby set at the oh, end God. of the movie yeah. was it doesn't doesn't hold up very well <laughs> uh but yeah, it is it is funny to think that like on Top 40 Radio, there was like a Bilbo Baggins getting the gold. Wait, wait, was this was this song a Top 40? Was it actually like a Yeah, I think it was it was it was it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a really big hit. Are you serious? Oh, that's <laughs> Yeah. 
crazy. I didn't know that. I I didn't pay attention much to because I was like, man, man, this sucks, and I just kind of turned it off. But um, <laughs> wait, I don't know. Wait, how how it, it peaked at number four on the Billboard 100. Wow, that sucks big time. <laughs> I think it's a catchy song. But you don't even know the words though. What were the words? Thirty-nine weeks. I don't know the words to songs, dude. Bill Bo Bag. Oh wait, no. Uh, it, it, ta- it, 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 it it ta- <laughs> Ooh, ooh, I'm Bilbo Baggins. Bilbo Baggins. Bilbo Baggins. Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> Y'all ready for this? Da da da. Bilbo. I'm Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> Um, it, sh- it it peaked at number seven, um, but the but uh in two thousand thirteen, wait, I don't understand this. I don't read this, but it uh it spent thirty nine weeks on the chart. Thirty nine weeks. They got the Bilbo Baggins song. <laughs> yes, dude. <laughs> that sucks, especially for anybody <laughs> who sucks. got knocked out of their spot or whatever by the Bilbo Baggins song. <laughs> What is um? Dun, 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 dun. It's the desolation of Smag. It's the desolation. <laughs> <laughs> Smag. Desolate Smag. good lake town. Come on. Oh, lake. Lake desolate. town. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that that's <laughs> Funky Town, right? Yeah. <laughs> Lakey Town. <laughs> All right, <laughs> we've been going long on this. Let's end on Lakey Town. Um, let's. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna go over to uh, the funky town of our own Patreon.com uh, slash Doctor Skeleton, and we're gonna be taking ourselves off to Funky Town over there.